Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Wassap here for the Fightful.com podcast, the October 6th edition. We are joined by Matt Riddle, the leader of the NW Bro. Matt, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing this fine Thursday afternoon? I'm fantastic. It's beautiful here in Kentucky. How about you and your, your home state of Washington there? Washington State, I heard, is lovely this time of year. It's great. It's great. So we got a lot of news to talk about. There's a lot of crazy stuff. And guys, we have heard your cries. Matt's audio will be louder next week. I guarantee you that. <clears throat> Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> so we, we got a lot of stuff going on here, Matt. We have UFC 204 this weekend. Alberto Del Rio getting stabbed. Jamie Noble's getting stabbed. Everybody's getting stabbed. Dude, stabbings are on the rise in pro wrestling. You know, they're trying to really protect the business. They are. You, you know how you would always hear old timers say, well, they used to throw batteries at us and all that stuff. People are getting stabbed now. Dude, wrestling, it's, it's predetermined, but it's real, bro. Man. It's real. Some people are wondering if it's Alberto Del Rio stabbing was predetermined. There are some stories that aren't quite matching up, which we will, we will talk about on the air, but. First off, I, I want to address that this news just broke. Next weekend's UFC show in the Philippines has been canceled. BJ Penn has been forced to withdraw from his third fight this year. He's been scheduled three different times, had to pull out. So instead of uh, just making an even more lackluster card, they decided to cancel it, Matt. But that's not the real story behind this, in my opinion. This cancellation may have more to do with the Filipino government than any, anything. They were going to implement these weird drug testing issues, and you are no stranger to weird drug testing issues. They were going to drug test all of the UFC employees that were there. I mean, like, the camera crew, like Dana White if he were there, everybody. They were going to drug they, test everybody for I, recreational drugs. I like it. You like it? You're a supporter? 
Hey, you know, I, I look at it like this. If you're going to drug test the fighter, you might as well drug test the camera guy and everybody else that works there. That's amazing. So, yeah, they were – they they had some crazy – I mean, like, they were testing for recreational stuff, too. So well, I would imagine. Oh, man. Weird. Weird. Now, BJ Penn has pulled out of three fights this year. Do you do you think it's time for him to move on, or do you still want to see him compete in the UFC? It was rough watching him compete in the UFC two years ago. Yeah. To be honest, that was rough a couple of years ago. He fought Frankie Edgar, right? Oh, yeah, he did. Well, technically, he fought Frankie Edgar, but he didn't do a lot of fighting. No, he got beat up. Uh, yeah, man, you know, I'll say this time and time again. MMA is one of those sports where – it's almost impossible to have, like, real longevity, you know, especially at a high level of MMA. It's one thing if, you, you know, he could fight in some random show in Hawaii, but when you fight in the UFC, you're fighting the best of the best of the best. Like, even the guy that's not the best is really good. He, like, probably just knocked out four people, and that's why he's there. Like, nobody's a chump in the UFC. Yeah, so so next I personally think he should stop fighting just like I thought Chuck Liddell should have stopped fighting five fights earlier and Rick Fr- like multiple other people that should have just stopped fighting. Like they had their good moments, they had their prize fights. It's time for other people to step in, you know? And there there are a group of people like and I guess I kind of see some of their points because I've 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 fielded so many tweets they're like, Well, I would watch Chuck Liddell fight some jabroni i was like yeah i would too i don't know if it's the right thing to do but i probably would watch it yeah i mean it's kind of your job to watch it oh yeah it is but there's some of the uh, trust me there's some of this shit i don't want to watch i believe it brother we have a guy on our website who covers the alaskan fighting championship could you imagine well you got towns like cody mckenzie coming out of alaska so yeah, I, I would say, and the thing is... Th- this most, show wishes that it had Cody McKenzie on it. The, the most exciting fights are usually two people that aren't that great at fighting that go out there, and especially on the lower-level regional shows, you know? That's how we what we mentioned, I think it was last week, that amateur fights usually go about 20 seconds or the full three rounds. Yep. So UFC, their, their show next weekend is canceled. They have a show this weekend, though. Um, I'm a little pissy, Matt, because what culture pro wrestling is running right now, they could have booked you, and you could have done a run-in on the Q&A that Dan Hardy is hosting tomorrow. What the hell? Don't these people see money? That would have been legit. I mean, I'm in California Saturday, but that would have been legit. I'm not giving up on this Matt Riddle versus Dan Hardy thing, whether it happens in MMA, in a gym, or in a pro wrestling ring. It's going to happen. It should happen. I doubt it, though. It's just, it's never going to happen. The guy the guy avoided me back at Drysdale's. He avoids me now. I'm shocked he even said anything on Twitter, you know? So it's just. You think he's scared of you? You know, Yeah. Well, of course he's scared of me. GSP couldn't tap him out, could you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure GSP was just playing with them. Like, like Dana White told him not to tap him out, make England look strong. 
Oh God! I'm not kidding, man. You're he's a GSP is a world class black belt. He can armbar Matt Hughes. He armbar Matt Hughes. Well, there there was also a time when he then, held on to it. But then he can't armbar Dan Hart. That's true. But th- there was also a time when Matt Hughes armbarred him. GSP held on to the double wrist lock a little too long and. And feel, that's a good pro wrestling spot, by the way, where you hold on to the double wrist lock too long, you're on the bottom, somebody takes the arm bar. I'm a fan of that spot. Um, so GSP actually uh, teased teased an announcement Conor, next week. You like, never know what it's going to be. Conor McGregor fight for 10 mil or something? Well, he wants 10 mil. Do you think GSP is worth 10 mil against anybody or, G, or uh, McGregor? Yeah. I think that that's a bargain for GSP. Even if he if he fought my neighbor, I think that's a bargain for GSP. GSP is – if you ever been to Montreal, you would know how much GSP is worth. Oh, yeah. If, I, I, if you've ever been to Canada, you know how much he's worth. The guy, the guy has a national treasure up there. Well, like uh, our owner, the website owner, rather, he doesn't own us. We're not slaves. Uh, Jimmy Van is from Toronto. Showdown Joe, who does our Wednesday show, good friend of GSP, talks about how with the absence of George St. Pierre, that market has really just went down. Yeah. And have you, you fought in Canada, didn't you? I love fighting in Canada. I fought in Canada three times. Toronto, or not Toronto, Calgary and Montreal twice. Oh, that Calgary show. Whew. Hey, man. I remember everybody pulled out. I got on that card. I was main event pay-per-view. Hey, and fight, <laughs> if you go back, I got submission of the night. Should have probably got fight of the night, too. And uh, my fight was not to dirt on anybody else on the card. There was a, a lot of good talent. But I definitely had the best fight of the night, for sure. That was the night about that promo I always rave about. In my opinion, the greatest post-fight press conference speech in UFC history. I, I would I would agree, too, you know, and I kept it PG. I didn't have to swear be a, you know, hooligan like Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? That that may have helped get you hired here, by the way. I sent that to, I, I sent that to Jimmy Van, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And he was like, yeah, this guy's hilarious. I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, that promo, I guess. Speaking from the heart, bro. That's all it was. That's all it takes. That's, all, that's why I think they should do that more at the top levels in WWE. Mm-hmm. I think they should speak from the heart a hell of a lot more, and I think that real genuine emotion comes through. Like, they had that talking smack show after SmackDown, and you have Becky Lynch on there, and she's talking about what it means to be a champion, and she seems realistic. Then you have a bunch of, I assume, dudes who have probably never been in many fights in their lives writing for girls who have worked their asses off and trained. I don't know if that verbiage always comes through right, Matt. I think the writers... I, I, I get it. You want some writers. You know, you can't just have the talent make-up stories the whole time. But at the same time... Uh, you need to have it be natural, you know, especially when it's live. It's one thing like like Lucha Underground. I love watching Lucha Underground because 
it's a recording. They're taking takes. It's like a movie. It's like a TV show, you know? But when you're watching WWE, the acting almost comes off cartoonish or corny most of the time because it's written, it's forced, you know? And that's probably, like, my one big beef with, like, it's probably my biggest beef with, like, I hate watching Raw because the second it starts, it's like a 40-minute promo. And it's, like, and it's the same promo every time. There's a different person saying it to a different person. You know, it's weird. On Lucha Underground, I think the guys that have had extended WWE runs are usually the worst actors on there, which is kind of unusual to me. Like, I'm not a fan of Johnny Mundo's acting. Meanwhile, there are people that, like Marty the Moth, who knew that that guy could do what he did? I saw a picture of Marty the Moth, and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Then I saw him on Lucha Underground, and I was like, this guy, he's amazing. He's great. Same thing with Willie Mack, but I've seen Willie Mack perform live multiple times, so it's like. Are you there, Matt? Oh, we lost you for a second. No. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. You were talking about Marty the Moth. Marty the Moth, very good, extremely talented. Love watching him work. Same thing with Willie Mack and a bunch of other guys in Lucha Underground. It's really good. I was a fan of the Evil East, Son of Havoc, and Helico trios. Man. I love those three. I think Ivelisse, if they plopped her down on Raw or SmackDown right now, she could be as good as anybody there. And and Helico is psychotic. That man is crazy. I feel like, yeah. I, you know what, though? I feel like where they are, they're being used properly. And it just – I think that's the biggest thing in wrestling. A lot of people think, you know, WWE's end-all, beat-all. And granted, yes, it's like the UFC. It's like definitely the – biggest company but it's all depends on how they use you you know if you get signed to the ufc and you don't get fights you know you don't get the big opportunities it really doesn't matter does it you know same thing with wrestling i know guys that sign with the performance center at nxt and don't wrestle a match for three years you apollo cruz got called up and he's he can't make it on the show yeah you know, they, they they started a cruiserweight division but Neville is wrestling on Superstars right now instead of Raw. It's really weird. The cruiserweight division. I think they're saving him as like an ace in the hole, you know, like when TJ Perkins or somebody goes on this hot streak or they have a heel and they need a big challenger. Then you, after Neville hasn't been on Raw in months, he walks out and everybody knows who Neville is already. So they could be using that. I- but GSP – Go ahead. Sorry. No, I agree. I, I'm shocked they don't use more talent like Neville, though, to kind of push the cruiserweight division even further, though. Because right now, it's it's a completely fresh group of individuals. Then again, it might be a test for something else down the road. Also, he has big match experience. He's had, like, matches with John Cena and stuff on a, on a pretty big stage. So you would think that that's pretty valuable for a lot of guys – who maybe haven't had this because a lot of these guys are people who are still NXT throughout the week. And then they show up for raw. Yeah. Yeah. GSP has uh, teased that he has an announcement next week though. I think that $10 million, there's a lot of people like Michael Bisping saying that GSP is pricing himself out at $10 million. And I'm like, what? This, this, This is the type of thing that more fighters should be doing. In my opinion, Matt, you know, I mean, for if he gets it, it's good. It's just good business for everybody. And, like, and it is 
good for fighters to do it. But then again, fighters will get outrageous. Like GSP is worth ten million at least. And honestly, he's being reasonable. Like a ten million, like saying, "Hey, I'll fight for ten million. I'm GSP." Like that turns some heads, you know. Like if the UFC doesn't take that, I would think Bellator should take that, or somebody else should take that. You know, like ten million. And I know maybe they don't have the money though, because ten million is a lot. But I'll tell you, the amount of like pay-per-view buys just in Canada alone for a fight with GSP. It's just like Fedor Milienko, you know? Granted, it didn't work out the greatest for Affliction, but... Yeah, that's true. They were paying... I remember they were paying people like two or three million. Yeah, but they were paying everybody good. I remember, like, other guys on the undercard getting paid, like, 20 and 20. And I'm like, I know they're, like, are they worth it? Yes. But you got to also realize realistic goals and budgeting, and you can't guys like that. Like... Even, like, I put some fights together in China, and we were given a budget, and you have to plan accordingly to with that budget, you know? It's like, you can't just be like, oh, well, I think this guy's good. Like, yeah, they're good, yeah. but you have a budget, and you got to, like, think about the future, think about the next card, think about the loss. You should always think about just breaking even and or maybe losing something, you know? That's one of the underrated aspects of a guy like Sean Shelby and Joe Silva's job that they have to do. They have to meet a budget all the time. Also, worth worth noting, on I, I'm looking back at that Affliction card. Mark Hominick versus Savant Young was on the main card. Vitor Belfort was on the prelims. Isn't that weird? Mike Pyle was on the prelims. Yeah, he was. Jay, uh, he was. Jay Huron was on the prelims. They had little nog on the prelims of the the next show. I remember that the one where they dude, yeah. they were stacked cards. They were. They they, they could have had two affliction pay per view cards, no preliminary fights, and it would have been way better. I remember watching that side by side. One of them, I think it was Fedor Arlovsky, or maybe it was the other one. Maybe it was Fedor Sil- Silvia side by side because they had Anderson Silva on free TV fighting James Irvin that night. That's the beauty of the UFC. I remember doing the same thing and just watching it and being like, "You granted, I was flipping back and forth. I bought the pay-per-view. I was flipping back and forth. But at the same time, it was like, that's how the UFC works. And I remember they scheduled that card literally on like two, three weeks notice quick because me and CB just fought at the finale for season seven. And then they called me up for a fight and they called CB up for a fight. I said, no, CB took the fight against JT. And then he beat JT money with that Peruvian necktie to redeem himself after losing to Amir again. I remember that. God, I haven't seen a Peruvian necktie in years in the UFC. Dude, they're tricky to hit. CB is really good at them. He was like the only guy that ever caught me in a Peruvian necktie. Man, that's that was back in like two thousand nine. Like, that's a submission. Like you, you, sometimes you just lose. You don't see submissions like that for years. Why do you think that is? Do you think maybe because the, the overall talent? Well, it can't be the overall talent level because they've got some real inexperienced guys in the UFC now. You know what it is, man. MMA is a, it's just a fight, you know, it's easier to set up certain submissions and chokes against certain people, but like a lot of time, like it's hard to like sub somebody or catch somebody in a submission in MMA because they're being very defensive and cautious. Same thing with like knockouts. Like if you fight someone who's 
brawling at you, it's usually easier to knock them out. But if they're fighting back and they're like kicking and jabbing and like picking their shots, it's hard. Same thing on the ground. If somebody shells up and then just like grabs an overhook and then pummels or just is just working really tight, it's hard to like even get a submission, let alone ground impact, you know? I'm looking back at that card we were just talking about, that Silva versus Irvin card. Now, these names weren't as big as they are now, but you look back. Anderson Silva, Frankie Edgar, Kane Velazquez, Rumble Johnson, all on that show. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, basically the point of this, competition is a good thing. And GSP, from what I understand, isn't opposed to fighting somewhere else. Here's the issue that, that I've been told. GSP or UFC wants him to fight on his old contract, which was three years ago. And GSP is like, okay, well, that contract allows me to bring in my own sponsors. So I'm cool with that. Let me bring in my own sponsors. Otherwise, you're giving me a new deal. And that deal is going to be $10 million. And the UFC is like, you know, Dana White playing hardball, telling people publicly, I'll believe GSP will fight when I see it. GSP doesn't want to fight. That's his way of saying, GSP, we're not playing ball with you right now. You think that's? I think it's a smart move from GSP, or at least it's it's a move that he should make. He is under that old contract. I that's a hundred percent right. I don't see see. That's what sucks about the UFC, and that's what sucks about having one big company that monopolized the sport. Is now you got a douchebag like Dana White, and he can fucking manipulate the whole situation like that, like. He's just ruining it for the fans. I mean, most of the fans, and I'm not trying to be mean, but most of the fans aren't educated enough to understand what's really happening behind the doors. But that's what's happening. Dana Woods like playing hardball, being a dick, and basically GSP's clock is running out faster and faster because he's older. He's already had a couple ACL surgeries, and he's right now the best pound-for-pound fighter ever who left on a winning streak. I mean, there's other fighters that left on winning streaks, but they're kind of not as nice as his, you know? Well, think about the other guys who are in that greatest all-time conversation. You have Fedor, who, you know, people question some of the booking that he's had. But even Fedor, it's like he lost, all, like, a bunch of fights. Yeah. So it's, he did. It, same thing with Lydell. Lydell would have went down as one, even if he retired right after the Quentin Jackson loss or after the Vanderlei Silva fight. That should have been it. That war he had with Vanderlei Silva where he won decisively, that should have been his career, retired on a high note. You know, but – and would have probably been known as one of the best technical like, or just best knockout artists ever. And he still is, but it's, his reputation's clouded with those knockouts. You talk about reputations being clouded. Anderson Silva, who now technically hasn't won five straight fights. He beat Nick Diaz, but it was overturned. Also – there's that cloud of PED failure. Yeah. John Jones, who is on that hot streak, PED failure. GSP's the one guy. The one guy in that conversation. He's the unicorn. He's the one. He's the one. He's, he's Jet Li, bro. He's the one. <laughs> Not only that, he saw all this shit coming. He saw the, drug, the, the, the PED failures coming years ago. He's a soothsayer. Either way, I think it's I think it's good good for GSP. I hope he gets every dime he's asking for, and I think he's worth it. Now they 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 announced they announced Cormier versus Rumble Johnson for that Toronto show in December. 
I'll ask you this. Uh, G- GSP said he wants to be on that show. He really wants to be on it. Do you think that some of that may have been the UFC saying, well, look here, we don't need you? Well, maybe if that's what they want to say. And I'll be honest. I remember after GSP won that decision against Hendricks and retired, I remember there was controversy where they took GSP's belt. Like one of the UFC employees took GSP's belt out of his locker room during like an interview and stuff like that and other things. And they were all butthurt about that situation. So they're still just butthurt about everything. Like, oh, well, he did this. You know, he still had fights on his contract, but he retired or however it went down. But, it's his body. Like if I was, if I had five fights left and I wanted to retire right now, that's up to me. It's like, it's my choice and you shouldn't punish me because of that. And then if I want to come back after giving his duty, how many times did he defend the title? He only lost once to Matt Sarah. You know what I'm saying? Look at the Seattle Seahawks. You don't see them publicly bitching about Marshawn Lynch retiring at 29, 30 years old. He could still go for three. 29, yeah. Not even, and I've seen GSP in wars with Carlos Conda and so many other motherfuckers. The man thinks that he sees aliens. So he's got, he's been, he's seen some shit in his day, probably in relation to what he's been through in the cage. So I'm all, I'm all for him getting that money. I think he should get that he money. Deserves it. He deserves more. He does. Especially if Conor McGregor's making 15 million, more power to. Like, uh, GSP. And honestly, and honestly, they should do it. They should have GSP fight Conor McGregor. They won't do it because GSP will literally decimate Conor McGregor. Even after a couple years on the bench, there's no way. There's Submission within one round, I think. I don't even th- – I think it, he just ground and pounds him and beats him up out of Prince. Sure. I think that's like – like that's the thing. That's that's the one thing I wish Diaz would have done, but you know, he probably he just finished him. But I think, you know, Connor needs to feel that. And I think GSP could do it. I know I could do it. I know I could hold him down for like five fives or three fives, whatever. He's a little boy. You know? <laughs> and I'm not saying he's not good, but he, there's a difference between a two hundred and twenty pound man at fights at one seventy and then a hundred and forty five sure. man that put eat steak every day just to barely make 169. Well, look what we saw last week. I don't know if you watched the fights. Will Brooks, who fights at 155, fought Alex Oliveira, who came, who fought at 155, had been fighting at 170, missed weight by six pounds. And Will Brooks, who dominates everybody else in the world that he fights, couldn't handle it. Got his rib popped out, held down. That does matter. It does. I think, especially, I think, I think that's a good point. Like, I'm sure if Conor, if there's plenty of like, if you see some dude walking down the street, Conor McGregor's gonna out wrestle the hell out of them. Almost anybody untrained, Conor McGregor's gonna out wrestle the hell out of. Yeah, but that when you have that that knowledge, I think that is a big difference, man. Well, and, and the thing is, it's not even that like G, GSP's wrestling as well. It, it's not just wrestling, like. Is a very good combination of like he's got fast twitch muscle fiber for sure, you know, and he's very explosive and fast, and he can change the levels really quick. And they're not like traditional wrestling shots; like he throws really quick strikes, and then usually hits like a takedown, and it's usually a running double and plants you. 
And he did it for years to everybody. To everybody. Yeah, I remember them. I mean, there was talk of him trying to join the what the the Olympic wrestling team, and he didn't grow up with a wrestling background. No, not at all. He's that's saying something. Later, later, you know, he started wrestling when he started doing mixed martial arts. We're going to talk a little UFC 204 before that, guys. Visit Fightful.com. A lot of you ask where this show, the Friday show with Vince Russo, go on YouTube. We have them up exclusively on Fightful.com at Fightful.com slash podcast. You can download the MP3, stream the audio, watch the video, all that good stuff. We have exclusive stories. Like we have exclusive news on the the backstage uh, fight between Vanderlei and Crazy Horse. Showdown Joe broke that down for us. We have uh, stuff on the – alleged Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar match that may take place, which uh, we're going to talk about with Matt later on. Lots of stuff about the TNA sale, lots of misinformation, lots of information on that. You can get all kinds of exclusive news at Fightful.com. Also, more live viewing parties than anywhere else, more podcasts than anywhere else. Me and Showdown Joe will be here uh, Saturday night after, technically Sunday morning, after UFC 204. Also, uh, David Tease will be covering that event, and he told me six other events. I didn't know there were six other events this weekend, but he finds weird things to cover, Matt. Like, if if you got into a fight with, like, somebody at the grocery store, David Tease, our MMA guy, would probably show up there in Pennsylvania and cover it. That's pretty legit. Sure. Hey, did, it is. did he cover the fight between uh, Paul Harris? Where he got knocked out again. That sick uppercut. That was a perfect uppercut, wasn't it? Dude. He's the next like it looked like if, if a toddler threw that uppercut, it might knock out a grown man. What's that? It's like if a toddler threw an uppercut that well, it might knock out a grown man. It was beautiful. It, the technique was there. The placement was there. And the result was there. You know, like. There's nothing he could do. I don't know, man. Paul Harris has just been having a bad run this year. He got knocked out his last fight and then got knocked out this fight. Uh, he, I mean, I've seen him grappling. He looks good there, but I saw a highlight of that this week. That I think, and it was brutal. Holy. He got liquefied. What's that? Man, just he got liquefied by that uppercut. And this is a guy that many, once he left the UFC, were putting him in top five 170-pound conversations. He beat Jake Shields and John Fitch. And now he, and now he's getting knocked out, which, I mean, do you think that's maybe the thing? John Fitch and Jake Shields don't have that stand-up, and they are ground fighters, and that's where he wants to be. Yeah, and th- this is the big thing with a guy like Paul Harris. It- it's – any dangerous fighter, and you'll see it. Like, you've seen it with Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, and you'll see it in other fights, and you'll see good versions of bad versions. But when you're fighting anybody dangerous, either a dangerous striker or a dangerous grappler, range from standing or even on the ground is extremely important. And what happens is a lot of people, a lot of grapplers, even though they might be trying to strike, they still chase. And when you chase anybody – you're asking just to get caught with something. You know what I'm saying? The biggest thing is to watch that range and wait for your opponent to make that adjustment, to come into your range, that so you can step back and adjust or shoot or do your thing rather than 
You know, and that's what I noticed. His last two fights with Paul Harris, that's how he's been getting knocked out. The guys don't engage. It's almost like they're making Paul Harris come in. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And then, boom, uppercutter, boom, boom, quick, you know? It's all about- you think the blueprint, you think the scouting report is out, the blueprint has been set on beating Pajaras at this stage? Well, I think the blueprint's always been there. Don't give him your leg. Yeah. You know, like, don't give him a guy. Like, his heel hook game is stupid. Other than that, though, I've never seen him just, like, uh, he, he has a knockout or so on his record, I would imagine. Yeah, he does. He has yeah. a couple. Like, he hits hard, but, like, his biggest thing is he's got dangerous ground game. You know, he's mean. Dan Henderson, Michael Bisping headlining UFC 204. Dan Henderson has said, Matt, that win or lose, he's retiring. He has also said before, money could bring him out of retirement. I was told the UFC, if he wins, is already ready to move on. Uh, they have Rockhold versus Jacare, Weidman versus Romero. I was told that the two winners of those would fight if Henderson won the title and they would get the vacant title. But if Bisping wins, you got to have a contender. This is a rematch seven years in the making. And one of the things I love about it, Matt, I said it on last night's show with Showdown Joe, I don't know if these two guys really like dislike each other so much, but for the past seven years, broken kayfabe, they have given the perception that they do not like each other for seven years. And that's, you don't see that a lot. Seven years. They're not quite on crazy horse Vanderlei level yet, but yeah, a long, a long feud. Like, I don't think they do like each other. You got, you got to realize, uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, I believe there are coaches. Michael Bisping was extremely disrespectful the entire time, and I think his team did really well because they tend to do that on the Ultimate Fighters when they did U.S. versus any other country, you know. Uh, but I rem- and then you got to take it on this point: like Bisping can't like Dan Henderson. The amount of memes and gifts alone of him getting his jaw rocked clean off his body. Imagine if Twitter was as big as it is now back then. Dude, dude well, think about it. They're about to fight again. It could happen. Dan Henderson. Yeah. Literally, and the thing is, Michael Bisping's the same fighter. So is Dan Henderson. Like, Dan can wrestle pretty good, is tough as nails, and throws a mean overhand right. And it's like, Michael Bisping probably won't knock you out with a punch or a kick, but moves a lot, has good footwork, and stays out of range and hits and moves, hits and goes, hits and goes. And he's also well-rounded with wrestling and jiu-jitsu. He's no slouch, you know? So, you know, but I get, like, 
you know, because the last fight, Bisping was winning, and then Dan caught him with the overhand. And I think the same thing's going to happen because it only takes one overhand right to knock out Bisping. Then again, I said the same thing about Luke Rockhold taking Bisping on on short notice, and then Bisping just shocked <laughs> the world there. You know, then again, nothing against Luke. Luke had that shit coming. He was being way too arrogant and just – that's karma. He wasn't respecting his opponent at all. I don't care if you believe in God or something like that. You can believe in whatever you want to believe, but you have to believe in karma. If you shit on somebody, that you're going to get shit on. Fact. Yeah, I thought that Matt – or not Matt Riddle. Uh, Luke Rockhold could have won that fight. Uh, and Easily. Easily. Luke he was. Valid. I think he was. He really is. And then he got caught and then was like, I can't believe it. But he that that's a problem. A lot of fighters, and I've seen it so many times, you'll see them before fights, during the camp, whatever, literally them telling themselves, literally telling themselves they can't lose. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. You're just setting yourself up for like failure and a catastrophe. You have to play out every scenario. Like, imagine if you work somewhere and you just planned on getting the bonus every month. And then when you didn't get the bonus, you were just – you would be devastated. It's like you got to play every scenario out and plan for the worst. Plan for the loss. You know, plan on – train to win. Plan on losing so you can deal with it, you know, and move on to the next fight. We also have Vitor Belfort versus Gegard Musashi. And I ran down the list of guys these these two have fought, like, on, on last night's show. Like, everybody from, like, Bobby Southworth from the first Ultimate Fighter to, like, Sokaju and Tank Abbott and John Hess. Like, all the way up to present day. Now, there, there, are, a lot of, there are a lot of wrinkles to this fight. And I'm not just talking about how old Vitor Belfort is. He has not won outside of Brazil in five years. I attribute that more to the TRT thing than anything because since TRT was banned, Matt, the only person that he's beaten is Dan Henderson. And Dan Henderson was also off of that TRT. But he, he, he's he got the experience. But Gegard Musashi, you know, that's not – Gegard Musashi versus Vitor Belfort I don't think is a fight that will come down to experience because Gegard has plenty of it himself. This is – I'll say that Gegard is more of a, a young – OG, he's he's been around the block a few times. Needless to say, this is still a big fight. How do you think it's going to go down? Oh, that's tough. I say Musashi probably in the second or third round. Uh, the big thing with Vitor is surviving that first round. You know, he doesn't. If you look at his track record, even anywhere, if he doesn't win in the first round, he usually doesn't win. Yeah. And, uh, on top of that, being out of the States, and I think age plays a factor. And like you said, TRT plays a factor. Uh, I'll be honest, I trained in Vegas. I'm not going to mention names, but I trained with a lot of people. And the people that were on TRT, were maybe when they failed a drug test or were not on it anymore, and I was training with them, the difference was so drastic. So, and I remember, and you remember Vitor's little hot streak where he was just flashing everybody and he looked like, oh, yeah. Dude, he was so jacked. Yeah. Have you seen the body comparison? I, I don't, yes, I have. 
It's unreal. Unreal. I and I mean, I know, I know people that, that have taken TRT. I've trained with people like that. I've trained with them before and after. And the difference is remarkable. It's, it's scary. Something that, that I noticed when researching this fight, Matt, Gegard Musashi has, I think, five losses at middleweight. He is undefeated as a heavyweight. Only one loss as a light heavyweight, and he's fought there quite a bit. Why do you think that given his his mixed experience at middleweight, he continues to cut that extra weight when he's been so successful at light heavyweight in the past? I think because he's fighting Vitor Belfort, there's promise there, meaning – if he beats him, title shot is very close within grasp. Then I would agree. Light heavyweight, and you got to also look at the heavy hitters at light heavyweight. Does he want to yeah. fight Rumble Johnson, John Jones, Daniel Cormier? Like that's right. There's a pretty decent list out. You know, Gustafsson. Well, middleweight right now. You know, you got you got Luke Rockhold. You got a couple people, but Musashi's big enough to pick guys at a high level you know what i'm saying he was once scheduled to face uh gustafsson he was supposed to fa- face him in sweden and gustafsson got hurt and they had Eler latifi come in but if you look up and down that light heavyweight division john jones is going to be out a while anthony johnson and daniel cormier are fighting each other gustafsson can't stay healthy he keeps pulling out of fights as i said last night glover Teixeira and ryan bader are they are what they are. They are the perennial three and four in that division. That seems like where they're going to be. Then you have like Ovent St. Prue, Shogun. Like I think I think at this stage, well, Gegard Musashi can beat Shogun. Didn't Bader just win a pretty big fight? Let me see. Who did he fight last? I feel like he just – let me see. I feel like – Yeah, yeah, he beat – well, he beat uh, He beat Elo Latifi. Yeah, he beat somebody decent, right? And he beat Rashad last year, but Rashad has split the division. He beat Phil Davis last year. That's a very good win. But, I mean, that, that light heavyweight division isn't exactly what it used to be. You got little Nogueira still in the top ten. Well, Shogun Hua still in the top ten. Well, if you look at, like, the top 20 or top ten in any weight class, like, I'm pretty sure BJ Penn is still top ten at 155. No. No. At 155, it's, it's not too bad. Or 140. Yeah. Dude, I'm just saying, like, I remember looking at rankings and seeing Matt Hughes still rank, like, top 20. And I'm like. Well, the UFC rankings are compiled by morons, so. Exactly. They still have Antonio Bigfoot Silva ranked in the top 15. And he has won one of his last eight fights, Matt. Yeah. Could you imagine? No. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Apparently, he's going to be released from the UFC. His manager expects him to be released from the UFC, and he'll fight in Japan. I think that's a good thing because if there's one guy that I'm like, okay, let him take the TRT, it's a guy with acromegaly. I don't know what that is. I'm serious, though. It's the, uh, the same thing that like the big show has. It's the giant disease. So, I mean, and a lot of people seem to think that Bigfoot Silva is like seven feet tall. No, he's six foot four. He's got the head of a seven foot tall man, but he's six foot four. So those are the two main fights on UFC 204. Myself and Showdown Joe will be here to cover that afterwards. But we're we're here to talk about some stabbing. Some stabbing. 
People are getting stuck every which way, allegedly. Here's this Alberto Del Rio situation, Matt. It is a show. It is a real show right now. So Alberto Del Rio missed a Sunday booking at AAA. He said that he lost his phone and couldn't contact them. The next day, he posted pictures of cuts, pretty graphic cuts, all over himself, saying that he got stabbed in a road rage incident, a fender bender. Later, like myself, I know Dave Meltzer, Ryan Satin, we have all called the San Antonio Police Department. They have one reported stabbing, and it was not involving Alberto Del Rio. Now, there are other municipalities and departments, and we're working on those as well, as well as the San Antonio airport police because he was he needed to catch a flight but there isn't any evidence pointing towards this actually being a reported crime as he said then he adds in that page was there with him his girlfriend page of wwe fame and she apparently jumped in it and got thrown to the ground and he checked on her and the guy who was said to be homeless got away this is getting really shifty here. <laughs> really some, some weird stuff. Because then, you know, he had said before, well, he couldn't contact AAA because he didn't have a phone. Well, Paige has a phone. Everybody knows she has a phone. Matt, I'll ask you from experience. You lost your phone a few weeks ago. How hard was it for you to contact anybody who you needed to contact without that phone? Pretty hard, but I it's not too hard because – the second you, if you can get a hold of somebody else's phone or a computer or anything else, you can go to social media and usually contact anybody either through email, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like you can contact anybody through anything, Snapchat, whatever. There are a lot of options, needless to say. There's a lot of options. Plus, usually everybody has their own phone, especially if you know you make six figures and you're in the WWE. How hard would it be for him? He's got to be recognized all over the place, I'm sure. Hey, can I borrow your phone? Got to call somebody. Or even Paige. Hey, can you ask him? I don't want to, you know, because I'm, he's a big dude. Yep. Maybe he intimidates people, so she could ask. Regardless. Sure, he is, he is a real big dude. People don't – I think that's another thing. People don't understand. Pro wrestlers on TV, they don't look as big as they are sometimes because they're all standing next to each other. I remember I had an interview with Al Snow, and his arm was like the size of my torso. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And he was like 50. He is a big dude. I could see maybe him intimidating some, some dude, airport also, folk. Like all the wrestlers I've seen from like the Attitude Era are gigantic. There's a reason for that. They're all just <laughs> part of their body. Like their fingers, their hands, everything. They just... do, you, do you think they're taking that on it T plus? Is that what they're doing? What What do you think it is? Probably that on it T plus. They're probably taking their alpha brain, their supplements, their shroom tech, all that good stuff. Just, they're taking their vitamins. They're taking their Flintstone gummy vitamins. I think it's the way protein. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some... Maybe they're shooting like yeah, but the only horse one, testosterone into their eyeballs too. Maybe the only one that was like my size is like X Pac, Sean Waltman, and I'm. Like, Isn't it weird to think that he's even that big though? Was that? Isn't it weird to even think that he's that big? Because I remember when he was one, two, three kid, I was like, oh, he's 150 pounds. 
Exactly, but now he's like probably like one ninety two two ten, and he's he's always been I guess like six two, so he's like six one six yeah. two. So it was like he's just a normal. He's actually a pretty big guy, but I guess for that era of wrestling, he was a tiny dude. When I when I watched him as a kid, I was like, okay, I stand a chance, <laughs> you know. I thought, and then when you get older, it's like, oh man. He's still a big dude. He would be a UFC heavyweight at 210 pounds. So weird. So weird. So Jamie Noble also got stabbed last week. What's up with his story? Is it convincing? It's a road rage story again. Road rage. Hope you know how to drive, Matt, or else you're going to get stabbed. I do. Um, I keep a pretty mellow head on the road, you know? It's just, I yeah. try to stay calm in most aspects of my life. I, I think it's the best way to take it, yeah, in my like, opinion. Before we did this, I was actually digging a hole because my septic tank is full. And I was digging yeah. a hole to find the area where I can get the poop sucked out of my septic tank. So <laughs> then I did that, and then I came in here, washed my hands, and now I'm doing this, you know? But, hey, I got a smile on my face. I'm having a great day. I actually, That is legitimately the same thing as on my docket for next week. I am not excited about it at all. It's not that bad. Not that bad. You just get then again the the area I dig I got some pretty good soil out here. It was easy to get. Yeah. Yeah, uh this house is super old, it's 140 years old. So I, I, I don't want to know what's been in that septic tank and what I'm liable to dig up animals from the last 150 years of people living here. Like anywhere, you just never know. Um <laughs> Yeah, Jamie Noble got into a – he apparently cut somebody off, and they followed him to his home, which he made sure to state was a trailer park. He's living the gimmick. He's living the gimmick, Matt, and got stabbed. And he said that he apologized to the guy and was like, maybe I did. I've been on the road all night. And got stabbed twice. He said sorry and still got stabbed? Yeah. Well, they started a confrontation, and Noble took him down. And Noble can wrestle his ass off. Like, he's, he's a really good, like, he's, he's got, he, of course, some two dorks that are trying to start shit with him. He's going to take him down and probably choke him out. Hard to choke out a knife, though. Got stabbed right in the spine. Right? He's like, so, you know, when you get stabbed in the spine, you're lucky to be walking. You look in disbelief, Matt. I am, man. But then again, you know, where does he live? West Virginia, I think, or Virginia or somewhere like that. Oh, nothing against West Virginians, but, man. Stabbing country. That shit don't happen in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But needless to say, we don't have a lot of stabbings out my way. Um, Followed him home, like. No bad you would have to, like, cut somebody off for them to follow you home and stab you in the spine? You got to be thinking about that. How ma- Just imagine being that mad, Matt. I couldn't. I, well, I could. But you'd have to do something serious, like super serious. Like, hurt one of- what, would it, what would it take to get Matt Riddle to stab somebody? <laughs> not, no, not to just stab somebody. Because, you know, that could be, like, family-related. Somebody could, you know – punch somebody you love but i mean like you're just on the road and you follow them home to stab you're good that's you that's full intentions of murder like i don't think i could 
fully intend on following somebody with a knife to stab them unless like I needed to kill them. And honestly, I don't think you could get me that mad. Like, it was- like maybe if a zombie cut you off. Oh, is that, well, of course, then, you know, that's easy. Yeah. Even, you know, if you're going to, like, challenge my food supply or water supply, I might have to kill you then, too. But these are different scenarios. But, I like, to, like, be like, yo, screw you, bro, and then follow you home and stab you or even cut me. I've been cut off pretty bad, too. <laughs> you know, usually I just, like, smile and lay on the horn, like, what are you doing? And then they flip me off on top of cutting me off, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I would imagine you've encountered some bad driving during your travels in indie wrestling. Yeah, well, just living living out in Vegas, you get a lot of bad drivers just because it's a mixture of shit out in Vegas. Like, you got your New York, your California, your New Jersey, and usually people that move to Vegas are like shitbirds. So it's- and, and old people who maybe shouldn't be driving anymore. Exactly. People who like to smoke cigarettes, have oxygen tanks, and, you know, do that stuff. There's there's a grocery store, like, about 20 minutes away from me, and it's notorious for bad drivers. It's called Kroger, but it has the best produce. It was around way before the new Walmart came, like, years later, and had all that stuff. All the old people stayed at Kroger. That's where all the smart people go because they want the produce. But you always run the risk of getting run over there, too, because people don't pay attention. I think I think they need to inst- like maybe institute some mandatory driving tests when you hit a certain age. Maybe like when you're like super old or something, just for safety. I, you know, there's a lot of standardized testing in schools for children, but I think there should be standardized testing for adults. Like when you go to get a gun, you should have to take a standardized test with a scantron and a number two pencil. Get Do you it. think the old ACDC method would work on those scantrons where you just a a through e? We can't do the four. We need to make it a little trickier for adults. And yeah, I yeah, I really, I really do. I think, and like, and I think a lot of things should be more strict. I think you, man, the I, child should be a little more strict. I do too. You know, I start. I can't, trust like, me. I live in Kentucky. You have three kids, bro. Oh, there were. Um... There was a neighborhood I used to live in. It was not the best of neighborhoods. There was a family. They had uh, 11 children. 11? Man. Absurd. So TNA, there are a lot of rumors about TNA wrestling maybe being sold. There was a report yesterday, Justin Labar of Upgroove and Jim Ross, of all people, said that they had heard that WWE had bought TNA's video library. And uh, that Billy Corgan was going to take over the company and change the name. Now, let me read a text I got from someone in TNA. They said, Jesus Christ, dude, I have no idea where this shit comes from or if it's true or anything because they say nothing. So my guess is fuck no and absolutely not. It's getting insane. (laughs) That could could be anybody from TNA too. It could be anybody from tna i talk no, out of all the companies out of all the companies i talk to more people in tna than anything they're more accessible things of that nature but what would you think of wwe just getting their video library but not them as a company there's pros i think it's good for the wwe i mean now they got every single bit of footage if, if this is true they got every single bit of footage of any of their legendary superstars 
They got WCW's library, now TNA's library, ECW's library, their library. They kind of have everybody's legendary tapes, you know? Sting, uh, AJ Styles. Like, you can't really do an AJ Styles DVD. You can do a Sting one, but you're missing 10 years. You're missing 10 years of his. Kurt Angle. Holy shit, Kurt Angle. Plus, not to mention, you know, Booker T went there. Kevin Nash went there. Mick Foley went there. A, a lot of people went there. A lot of people. And then, uh, but the thing I'm more curious about is what's, uh, what are they going to do with the company now? Like, is it still going to have its TV slot? Because if, it's, if they do, that's legit. And if all they had to do is change the name and call it something else, TNA was kind of a shitty name anyway, if you ask me. Yeah, so, it sure was. It's a, it's is, a terrible name. This is actually a really good time for them to reinvent themselves. Maybe even join forces with another indie brand. I wish they would. I so why, well, like, why would, I'm not saying like Ring of Honor, but I'm saying like, why wouldn't they join forces with maybe one of the bigger, smaller shows, or maybe one of the international shows? They have a- well. They tried. <laughs> they tried with New Japan, and New Japan said, uh, "Go to hell." Um, Ring of Honor wanted to buy them for their TV slots. Pop TV has given them a vote of confidence. They said that they'll stick around. Now, the the rumors so far are unfounded. Everybody I've talked to said this isn't happening, but then they've also said, well, they don't tell us anything. So it's really hard to tell, but if you're WWE, this is best case – well, not best case scenario, but it's a pretty good scenario because from what I've been told, WWE doesn't want many of their talents. There are a couple, but not many, but they do want that video library. I don't think WWE – I think T- – I personally think TNA has a, a lot of extremely talented wrestlers. But I don't think WWE wants or needs any of them. Like, think about it. They got, like, all – like, they got, like, all the best guys from TNA, and I don't mean that – and I don't even think, like, all the best guys, but all the most well-known guys. Like, the only guy yeah. they don't have are, like, Abyss. That's a long-time TNA guy. Yeah. They and I'll quickly got Samoa Joe. They got they got a lot of people already. Quickly before we go, there's there's a rumor that Goldberg will come back and face Brock Lesnar, perhaps at Survivor Series. He's playing coy right now. What do you think about Goldberg coming back? I don't think much of it. I think he's a shitty wrestler. I never liked him. He, he would just charge people. He was horrible at selling. I like you got to realize, man. I like wrestling for wrestling. So somebody like Goldberg does not appeal to me. Like Brock Lesnar appeals to me because he's legit. Goldberg's just like a football player that doesn't know what he's doing in the ring. But I gotta have you and Vince Russo on a show together sometimes because you're both experienced and you both take different approaches to wrestling. But battled but, bros. Me saying that, that's my personal opinion, my flavor. He will fill up a stadium. He will sell seats. You know, he's been in multiple video games. He sells merch. He's over, you know. So in that sense, I think it's great. I hope he does do it. And I think, do I think the match will be great? No. I think it'll be okay, just like their last match. And it's not. I hated their last match. What's that? I hated their last match. Man, that was a stinker. Well, what do you think is going to happen this time? Like, Brock Lesnar's a heavyweight that can wrestle and work, and mm-hmm. Goldberg isn't. He's a heavyweight that can't wrestle and work. So it's like now you can only, you can only do so much. 
Well, the two were both incredibly unmotivated last time as well. Brock Lesnar was leaving for the NFL. Goldberg was just leaving. If you're Goldberg, you got to lose. At least in this match, Lesnar, if they want to have him beat like Heath Slater, then sure, whatever. But Brock Lesnar, you got to put him over. Yeah. Uh, Matt, where are you this weekend? What are you doing this weekend this before we go? Just in uh, California. I'm wrestling for, I think it's like a question wrestling. It's like questial, questial. Equestrian wrestling. That would be a horse. Yeah, not equestrian, questial. I, <laughs> we got the name. I have it. I have it written down. It's, He'll tweet it out, guys. He, he's very good about that. He'll let you know where he is on Twitter, as always. Oh, so, it's all over Twitter and Facebook, all that. Well, you know, hey, dude, did you see me? I uh, introduced Botchamania this week. I did see that. I wasn't on Botchamania. I introduced. <laughs> I've been. Have you? Have you been on there yet? I not that I know of. I shouldn't say no. No, but usually people people keep me up to date. But I don't think I've ever botched anything that bad where somebody would be like, "Oh, he botched," you know? Yeah. That's yeah. that's one of the the benefits of doing your type of style, Matt. What's that? The benefits of doing your type of style. Yeah, you know, if I slip, maybe I was meant to slip, you know. It's yeah. like, that's how it works. <laughs> but yeah, but this past weekend, I was in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts for Beyond Wrestling, which was amazing. And the night before, I wrestled for a company in Virginia, in Norfolk, called BCW. And uh... I'm trying to talk uh, the site owner, James, into promoting a show in Toronto and having all of the Fightful team booked on the show. And we can all beat the shit out of Vince Russo. That'd be pretty legit. And I guys, to Vince, so I don't know. I don't know. Is he a nice guy? Oh, he, Vince is actually a great guy. He's a very nice guy. Like, the first to reach out to me whenever personal stuff's going on. Vince is an incredibly kind human being that I disagree with wholeheartedly on the majority of pro wrestling topics. But yeah, one day I'll have you both on a show together. I think that would be interesting. But guys, follow Matt on Twitter, at RiddleTuff7. Follow Fightful.com on Twitter, at Fightful Online, and on Facebook. Go buy one of Matt's altered bro hats and shirts. Let's see him, Matt. Altered bro. Go fork over the cash. Do it. It's do it, man. I actually sold out of the hats already and the shirts, but I'm ordering more. That's awesome. Yeah. Guys, you all have been asking. We do have Fightful shirts coming sooner or later. Also, this show is coming to iTunes very soon. Uh, I am back tomorrow afternoon with Vince Russo. Remember, register at Fightful.com to get early access to these shows. Until next time, guys, we are out. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.